Good afternoon, evening, or morning. Hope you guys are doing well. This is your host, again, DeMarco. Uh, so let's get to it. I know it's been a minute. A lot of things have been happening and still happening. But uh, despite of what's going on, we still got to keep going no matter what, right? Uh, I think a lot of successful, I guess, whatever you want to define successful, but let's say notably financially successful people, right? Let's say like Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett, et cetera. A lot of them would say, um, it's not, you know, I, I think it was like, ugh, I, I'm messing this up, right? I was going to come at this like hard and strong. Basically, shit's going to happen. Shit's going to hit the fan. And at the end of the day is how we respond to it. That's really all we can do, right? There's a lot of things we can't control. Uh, a lot of things that people are doing that gets us upset because, you know, some people shouldn't be doing that and you're upset and we have to let go and, 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 um, do what we can. Right. Um, I was having this conversation a lot with my girlfriend and my family and, you know, I know everyone wants change and pointing, pointing the finger for change, 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 but you know, it really starts with us first. And Michael Jackson said it best in man in the mirror. And he was absolutely right. Because a lot of people, in, in our case, we're asking for an institution to change. But before that can change, us as a community, we need to make sure that we're setting uh, uh, proper examples for the rest of the world and the community. Like, look, this is what we stand for. This is what we do, et cetera. So I hope you're safe out there. That's my little rant today for this morning. But uh, yeah, you know, so... Don't stress about what you can control. Just worry about what you can. I'm sure there's a lot of things you can control in your own home. So let's get to it, to the next podcast. So we're wrapping up season three. And today I got Nate all the way from Utah. So this is an interesting story. And I love doing these podcasts because I get to meet different people from different parts of the world and different professions, et cetera. So this is the first time for me. And as you can see, when you listen to the podcast, um, you'll hear that I'm asking these questions and I'm listening intently, uh, because this is something new. So normally on the podcast, I either have two types of guests, one, a guest who's visually impaired or blind, right? Cause they have firsthand experience with this lifestyle or two, I interview someone who's involved in the low vision blind community, but they are not visually impaired or blind, right? So it's usually those two categories. In this case, Nate falls into the second category where he's not visually impaired or blind. He's actually a martial artist who him and his brother own a dojo gym, karate gym, but he has discovered this new martial arts that he believes could or is benefiting the low vision blind community, which you'll hear in a minute. It's an interesting story because he takes it back to this idea came to him in a magazine that he subscribed to. And it's this oriental martial arts and he was really interested into it. And then, you know, martial arts is so big, right? There's so many things you could take away from it. It's just not about combative. It's about discipline. It's about spirituality. It's about learning. You know, there's a lot of things to it. And this one martial arts, they taught him, um, I guess like I, I still really don't understand you. You'll have to hear the podcast, but what I, what I understand, it's like, it seemed like a deep meditation of martial arts where you feel vibrations or you feel things or your surroundings. 
And then that's where it got, that's where Nate and his brother got the idea of what if this martial arts can help the low vision and blind community, right? It started off as a what if, right? And what I admire about Nate and his brother, they actually put their money where their mouth is and they invested in themselves and traveled and researched and found the people who were teaching this type of martial arts and they basically learned from them, which was awesome. Then they brought it back to the States and you'll hear how they're trying to implement it. They're trying to share it to the world and being on the podcast is one way of doing it. So I think you guys will definitely enjoy it. It's definitely interesting. And let me know what you guys think at the end, at the end of the show. Peace. This pro- podcast is brought to you by reading. Yeah, just read. You know, I know we're in 2020 and um, streaming and playing video games has never been any easier than it has been now. Like, it's crazy how easy it is to just be uh, warped into, like, binge watching and video games and shit like that. So, and it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I definitely have my moments. But I also don't want to forget how important reading is because there's a reason why the Nazis did not want the Jewish people to read and they made them burn all their books. There's a reason why when African-Americans were enslaved, uh, their masters told them that they it was illegal for them to read because they understood the power of reading. It's so important. Um, I think some of the best books in the world, unfortunately, don't get the, the, the notice that they get. And, um, you know, it's just a lack of, I think, maybe intention and... And maybe interest, right? So I want to promote two books here for you guys that I think are definitely amazing. One of my favorite books is John Maxwell's books, Failing Forward. John Maxwell is one of the best leadership speakers in the world, in my opinion. He's awesome. He used to be a preacher back in his day, but now he's a full-time speaker. He's like in his 70s, I think. And he does not speak, look, or act like a person in his 70s. He's so fit, so mentally fit. And the way he speaks is so powerful. I love the book that he wrote, Failing Forward, because, you know, there's all these books about how to be successful and 10 keys to be success and blah, 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 blah. John Maxwell, for me, wrote one of the best books about failure. And that's something that we don't want to talk about in society, because in school, we want to pass and get good grades and and do all this and do great. But we don't want to acknowledge the failure. And for a long time, failure was like the secret sauce that a lot of entrepreneurs kept mentioning. So Failing Forward basically is a bunch of short stories of iconic people throughout history who have failed but have made the most of it. Trudy Cathy from Chick-fil-A, Mary Kay, uh, I think the Wright brothers with the flying airplane, like all of it. And and they're just great, great stories. So I definitely recommend you guys check that out. There'll be a link for that. Also, my second book that I strongly recommend is T. Harv Ecker, The Millionaire Mind. Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, I'm sorry. And this is another book that's important because, see, we what we have in our life right now, what you're looking at and what your lifestyle is, it's a manifestation of what you're thinking. It really is. It's hard to believe that, but it is, right? And this book is a great book to recondition your mind. Like, look, you deserve more. You can be more, you can get more, you deserve it. Why Why not, right? There was a quote I put out on my Instagram that says, 
if you settle for less, then you're going to get less than what you settled for. And that is so true. There's been so often where I said, you know, I just need enough money to pay the bills. That's what I would say. I just need enough money to pay the bills. But now it's like, no, I want money to buy a private jet and I'm going to get that right. And the times that I said about the bills, I've gotten even less money. I barely made the bills. I hated, hated it. So those are two books I strongly recommend, powerful books that would change your perspective. Highly recommended from a book lover to a book lover. Check it out. All right. So for today on the podcast here on an awesome Saturday, I have Nate all the way from Utah. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Marco. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So I connected with you through Keith, right, who I just had on the show? Yeah, it was Keith Kirkland. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful gentleman. How, how do you know Keith? Well, Keith and I are both part of the Unblinded Sales Mastery program that was founded by Sean Callagy, who is a world-famous attorney, as well as one of the uh, leaders of the Tony Robbins Platinum Partners Lions Group, and he has developed a very unique formula for sales, but it's all integrity-based human influence, which is so unique in the sales space. And mm-hmm. so Keith and I are both part of that sales mastery program, and we're on the same accountability group because it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. How That's, long ago did you guys take the class? Or the course? Well, we're still in the middle of it. It's a six-month course where it's, uh, I mean, they have every single day, they have morning huddles to get everybody riled up and good, uh, you know, put their mind and their heart in the right space to always be living with integrity, but also be able to influence people in a way that everybody wins. And so, I mean, the the amount of support is incredible. So we're in the middle of the six-month program. We started back in, let's see, it would have been in February. And I didn't meet Keith when I went to a, an unblinded sales mastery convention or event in New Jersey back in January. But uh, as soon as we were able to hook up after, it was actually after Tony Robbins' birthday um, that we, I, I don't know if Keith was there. I didn't get a chance to meet him there, but I met him afterwards um, and I was invited onto his accountability team. And so, yeah, it's been what, February, March, April, May. So about four months, five months now. Mm. Nice. Now, yeah. this is, I just want to confirm, this is a course that's given by the Tony Robbins company or this is? No, 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 no. So, no, this is uh, completely independent of that, although there are a lot of Tony Robbins uh, aficionados or followers and the platinum members that are part of the Unblinded Sales Mastery Program. But no, this is something that is completely separate from that. Got it. Got it. I understand. It's amazing. Um, one of my favorite books of Tony Robbins is uh, Awaken the Giant Within. Absolutely. Um, Seminal it, work and life-changing, right? It's crazy. It's, so, it's crazy. I've, I'm still reading it. I've read it, right? Book to book. But then I'm rereading it again because it's like there's so much good content in there that you have to not only read it, but apply it, you know? And yes. uh, and it's, it's, it's such a great book. Do you think that book was written maybe 30 years now ago? <laughs> Do you think that book is, or the techniques you talk about is still relevant? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about humans is that as technology changes, well, that is going through like a logarithmic change as far as what is progressing. But when it comes down to human beings, we all have the, the same questions. <laughs> Who am I? 
where did I come from? What am I here for? And where am I going after this? As well as, you know, I think most people have a really strong intrinsic desire to make a difference in the world and also to be able to create their reality. So when it comes down to how to do that, um, Waking the Giant Within is a, a fantastic work to help people be able to really look within themselves and create the changes they want in their life. Because so much of the time, you know, if you look at the things that we are usually exposed to, like if you turn on anything news-wise, never mind what's happening right now, but if you go back all the way until news was invented and we had printing presses, a lot of the things that come out are negative and they are things that diminish our energy. There are things that put ourselves uh, mentally into a negative space. And when you're in a negative space, it's really hard to, well, as uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I'm extremely huge fan of, um, he says that, you know, it's impossible to read the label when you're inside the jar. Or you can't read, when you're inside the jar, you cannot read the label. And so, so many people are in this jar of their negative emotions and just really focused on what's right in front of them instead of the larger picture that we are so much more than we think that we are. Mm, that's awesome. I really like that analogy. You really can't see the ingredients of you in a jar. Um, but yeah, no, no, absolutely. Cool. Um, nice, man. So uh, yeah, good luck on the course. And you you said you're in the middle of it, and you guys are almost done with it. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's oh yeah. I'm, I don't think I'll ever be done with it. There's always going to be more to learn. <laughs> this is one of those things. It's kind of like Awaken the Giant Within. You can read it 20 times, and on your 20th time, you're going to pick up things that you did not get the first time. No, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of a quote that uh, Tony Robbins had a conversation with Jim Rohn, and then. Um, I think Tony Robbins was complaining about not being wealthy and Jim Rohn asked him, how many times have you read Think and Grow Rich? And Tony Robbins said, well, I read it because you told me to read it. I think I read it. You, I read it. You said, I, you said for me to read it. So I read it. Well, how many times did you read it, Tony? I read it one time. Well, that's why you're not rich. I read it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Right. And what have you implemented from it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I always find that funny. Yeah. Because like, I love reading. But at, at one point, I used to thought I used to think it was really important, or I thought it was a, a superficial thing, like oh, how many books I've read, and blah blah blah. And after a while, I was like, this is stupid because I'm not really retaining a lot of what I'm reading. So a lot of the books I'm rereading some of my books now, uh, and and it's yeah because some of it you forget, or you're in a different life, you're in a different moment in your life when you read it then versus now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is where you're coming from is always going to color or it will shape what you perceive and how you perceive it. Yeah. So for instance, you know, if you're in a wonderful, happy mood and you hear a happy song, well, you're going to most likely really resonate with the, the words, with the lyrics, with the music of that song, and you're going to feel good inside. But let's say you just um, lost a pet or something like that. And you're, you're sad. Well, you may not want to be, you may not have the same, well, it won't affect you the same way when you hear that happy song because of where you're coming from at that time. So it's all a relative, it's a, it's relativity. Mm -hmm. You know, where you're coming from is going to uh, shape your mm -hmm. experience. However, that's one neat thing about human beings that 
the other animals on this planet, I don't know if they have, but I, I highly doubt it, uh, is the ability to change state consciously, to snap ourselves out of a pattern or a belief or some kind of uh, active action, something that we're doing, and take a step back, you know, the 50,000 foot view and objectively look at what we're doing and what's happening and how we're feeling mm -hmm. and make a conscious decision to change that to what we want. I don't, I don't know if uh, snails do that or dogs do that, but humans, yeah. every single one of us has that ability. I know because I do it all the time and so many people do. And it's, it's really a wonderful way to be a human being and have that ability. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't take that opportunity. But, you know, that, that's part of the learning experience of why we're here. Absolutely. So, um, so let, let's start off with, um, so I met with Keith. Keith is a co-founder of, uh, of, of Wayband. And then um, you actually have a new technique for the blind community or visually impaired community. And uh, so for the listeners, um, every guest that I have on is either visually impaired or they're part of the visually impaired community. So as far as I understand, you don't have a vision impairment, right, Nate? No, I do not. No. Got it. And then you discovered, you and your brother, which we'll get into, discovered a new technique, which I'm really curious and I have a lot of questions to ask about it. Um, but yeah, so, so let's start off with, with um, your, your, your product or service that you're, that you, I, well, it's been out for a minute, um, but you want to get it more global, right? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, so what we're doing is I'm the owner of the VibraVision Foundation. Now, I also own several other companies as well. I'm a martial arts instructor, meditation instructor. But we also have brought a very unique orientation and mobility non-visual skill. Now, this just fair disclosure. This is a supplemental skill. It does not replace caning. It does not replace the use of a guide dog or, you know, the way banded, uh, what Keith is doing with Wearworks is a fantastic technology as well, as well as a, a good friend of mine, Daniel Kish, the proprietor of Echolocation is also another wonderful O&M skill. But what VibraVision is, is it is a way for us to repattern our neural system and also change our ability to perceive with intuition with skin sensation and make a mental picture based upon non-visual input so what this does is well could i uh, could i tell you a little bit about how we found this why we're why we're doing this and that's going to make a lot more sense as far as what we're doing now would that yeah. be okay yeah okay. all right so <clears throat> in 1998 I saw a advertisement in Black Belt magazine that said, amazing inner power in two weeks guaranteed or your money back. And I'm like, hey, I'm American. I want things fast. If I can get super <laughs> chi in two weeks, there's a money back guarantee. Sign me up. So I ordered this course and it came. And there was a little teeny weeny pamphlet with some uh, breathing techniques and body postures, which were actually really dangerous. It did not explain how to do them. But, and I actually hurt myself doing them pretty bad, but it also came with a VHS cassette that mm -hmm. showed Indonesian martial arts. Now, I, I was familiar with where Indonesia was, but I had no idea that they had martial arts there. And I'd been a martial artist for a long time. And my brother, Mike, has numerous black belts in different systems. He'd been training for many years, and we had no idea Indonesia had martial arts. And so we popped this VHS in our, in our uh, VCR, and 
watched and it was incredible. We'd never seen anything like this stuff before. I mean, these guys were breaking stacks of steel and stone and uh, punching steel plates with no injury. Like I've never seen anything like it, but there was one demonstration on there that really, it, it just took us aback. And it, what it was, was people who that, well, people were running blindfolded through obstacle courses and then jumping up and hitting big clay pots that were suspended above their head. They were riding bicycles and motorcycles through traffic. There were military members who were blindfolded with a hood on that were shooting targets at a distance. It showed people who were reading text from a distance as well. And it had blind people on there as, that were demonstrating that it, it was actually for, I think, the ambassador to Oman. And the guy, you know, what they were doing was they would somebody would go up and they would draw something on a whiteboard and the blind person would go up and they would just detect what was there and they would draw it right next to it. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible, but it's got to be a trick. That has to be fake. That's BS. David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Magic. Okay, that's that's called an illusion. So, but hey, it's really cool. Let's watch that a couple more times. <laughs> and so we did. And the very next day, I was stopped at a traffic light and I looked to my looked to my right and it was right in front of the Utah Schools for the Deaf and Blind. And there was a, a blind person there with their guy with their guide dog. And the guide dog went right around the, the traffic pole and the blind person walked into it. And I, it just hit me like a lightning bolt right then. I was like, whoa, wait, I wonder if those Indonesian people do anything to help blind people. Huh. That's, I was just so inspired at that moment that I, the next day I went down to the local county library and jumped on the internet to try to find the people on that video just to ask them, hey, do you do anything with the blind community? I, I had no blind friends. I never really you know, had the opportunity to spend time with anybody with a visual impairment, but I was just so drawn right then to find out. I just had to know. And so it took me a couple of weeks to track them down because everything on this VHS was in Indonesian. So uh, I don't speak Indonesian. I'm from little Huntsville, Utah. I don't, uh, I don't speak Indonesian language. So there were only two words that we could decipher on it. And those words were Merpati Puti, which we now know means white dove uh, in their language. But we could only understand Marpati Puti, so I tried to, every spelling that I could to try to find it, and I did. I was able to track down the people who were in that video, and as I, you know, I contacted them, this is back in the fax days, so I faxed uh, over there because I didn't want to pay the $17 a second to <laughs> call Indonesia, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it turns out that they had already trained thousands of blind people, and they actually had a foundation for blind person training in this art and i found out that they had been using this with the indonesian special forces meaning the like their navy seal teams train in this system in use for for use like for night vision and they use it in active combat and live training missions and they also use it for search and rescue because indonesia is in the ring of fire so they have a lot of volcanoes they have a lot of mudslides typhoons and sometimes entire villages or city blocks get buried under landslides and they call in these gen these people who are their name is kolpasus kolpasus is their are like our navy seals or our army rangers <clears throat> uh, something of that like it's similar. Uh, so they call them in to 
help detect where bodies are located underneath sometimes 15 feet of mud. And this is well documented over there. It's been in the news all the time. Indonesian people are just like, yeah, that's what those guys do. But um, there's a lot of press on those guys doing this. And so, you know, I'm like, holy crap, these guys. Okay, so they're training blind people and they're training the military. Well, okay, uh, I really I really want to see this for myself. I have to. And so I was able to arrange the first ever demonstration of Vibrovision in the United States. And this is back in 1999. And so when uh, I was able to bring them over here, and the first thing that happened, the first thing that happened was when I met these two blind people that came with them, they did not uh, have a cane. They did not grab onto people's shoulders. They walked and just like anybody else. You would not know they're blind except for their eyes were white. Uh, I think it was most likely glaucoma for both of them. So it was obvious that they're blind and they didn't need any assistance whatsoever. They were detecting and feeling and sensing everything that was around them as if they had eyesight. And they came into my house. They put all their stuff away because I was hosting them. I was actually letting them stay in my place. And they came in. They cooked us dinner. Uh, they do where everything was. They just went right to the drawers and grabbed everything out, grabbed the pots and pans and things they needed and cooked us dinner. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is truly incredible. What I, I just it, when you see something like that, you can't unsee it. You cannot. Once that bell's been rung, you can't you can't take it back. And so my brother, Mike, and I <clears throat> were so blown away and inspired by this to be the envoys for these people to come over here. And at that time, all we wanted to do was help promote them because they had never, ever allowed a non-Indonesian to learn this system. Even though over 1 million people had been trained in Indonesia, they kept it as a cultural heritage. It's kind of like karate or taekwondo back before the United States military um, occupational forces came in in World War II and the Korean War. The Japanese kept karate and they kept Aikido and the different martial arts. They kept that uh, cultural identity and didn't want to teach the Americans. Well, this was the same thing. So my brother Mike and I, when you know we were sitting here helping and setting up these different demonstrations, we finally we were allowed to become the first ever non-Indonesians to learn the system officially and be able to progress through the ranks. And so that was a humongous honor for us. <clears throat> Little did we know what the training entailed we thought it was just another martial art but how could it be if it was just like any other martial art why don't other why are there not why why doesn't every martial art have this ability and this skill well what we found out from doing this is that the marpati puti system consists of five different elements rather than just you know katas and fighting like most martial arts it does have those it has the movement aspect of katas it has combat which the, almost every branch of the Indonesian military uses the Marpatikuti system or trains in it for their hand-to-hand -hand combat, but also breathwork and energy development. Since we're all electrical beings, well, if you can create a greater electrical charge in the body, you can create amazing changes within yourself, not just physically, but also psychologically. And so physically, it strengthens our immune system, it strengthens our body, and it is very intense training, but everybody, well, just as an example, since it is so breathwork intensive, and the breathwork, I mean, I've had yoga masters who have been 
teaching yoga for many years and breathwork masters is welcome and they learn this and they're like oh my god this is not like anything else in the world it is truly a unique discipline and so we create a you know people who come to us with asthma and this is something that i can say um not as a medical you know we don't make any medical claims because we don't practice medicine but Almost every single person that has come to us with asthma or breathing difficulties after three to six months of doing what we do, just even five minutes a day, almost all people have better breathing. And, you know, with one lady, uh, she was, her asthma was so bad, she would have to be hospitalized at least once or twice a year and put on a ventilator. That's how bad her asthma was. And she trained with us in the first six months, after the first six months training with us, she has never had an asthma attack again, and that's been 18 years. Mm. So, you know, the, so the breath work and the energy building, that's the third skill. The fourth skill is energetic healing. So the principle that, and this is, uh, say, in the chiropractic world, all diseases are an imbalance of energy. Well, if you're able to take some of your energy and give it to someone else to balance out their energy and allow their body to heal, they're going to have a, a better result in their healing. That's the principle of acupuncture and many other modalities. So the fourth is healing. The fifth one though, the fifth one is why we got involved. That's the most, that, I mean, that's the one that drove us and that's vibration. So what that is, is people being able to develop a sense that is really indescribable with any for most people have not experienced anything like it other than to say, since we are energy and we radiate energy and we can perceive our energy, just like if somebody's looking at you and you, you know, you can sense them looking at you or you walk into a room with bad vibes and you can tell, or you walk in and it's a party, you could tell and your energy lifts. Well, we're always in contact with everything around us. That's the, in the quantum realm everything exists all at one time and at no time and so <clears throat> based upon our ability in our antennas if you will in our body our sensors our uh, receivers in our body the marpati puti system and vibration allows us to tap into the energies around us and detect them without using our eyes and it's to different to varying degrees. Some people, you know, we start off with colors because yellow has a different wavelength than red, has a different wavelength than blue and green and so on and so forth, right? So when we're able to catch these waves, these, uh, these frequencies and to make a differentiation in our mind and our senses of what they are, well, that's the foundation, that's the building block. But some people are able to develop this in such a way <clears throat> that they can, well, I've ridden on the back of a motorcycle through Jakarta traffic on the back of, uh, behind a, uh, a blind man named Mustafa. Yeah. And yeah, oh yeah, we were going through traffic. He was weaving in through cars. I was crapping my pants um, the whole way because uh, he was blind. He was one of the first people that came over here. And this is when I was over there training and testing. And uh, um, he drove, and, I mean, he rode the motorcycle and I'm on the back of it, white knuckled like crazy. And granted, I trusted him, but if you've never experienced Southeast Asian traffic, you, you sometime in your life, everybody, you've got to experience it because there's nothing like it in the United States that can even compare <laughs> people going one way in cars and people going the other way down the middle on the white lines on mopeds. 
at 50 miles an hour each direction, it's it's insanity. So uh, <clears throat> no matter what, it didn't matter who I was riding with. I was always scared in their traffic because it's just insane. It's insane. But that notwithstanding, uh, to be able to sense where everything is around you is such a benefit to people who are visually impaired. And that is our main mission is to bring this here for the blind and the low vision community. But it's not just the blind community. It's also the mind community. Because I have been involved in meditative practices for many years before I found, and I did not find Marpati Puti, but before Marpati Puti came into my life. <clears throat> and this is by far and away, I, I can say this with no reservation, the most comprehensive meditation discipline on the planet. There are so many different meditations for different purposes to create different changes in our body just in our first two years worth of training we have upwards of 35 different breathwork techniques and meditations to create a significant and different change physically mentally emotionally energetically and for those who would like to spiritually although it's a non-denominational system. So people's beliefs stay their beliefs until they decide they're going to change their beliefs, but that's not a pass. So I'm back so to So a few the, questions yeah. there. Sure. Yeah. So just so just so that I, I, I understand and, and I just want to expand on this. So you found this on Black Belt Magazine and it was a course uh, money back guarantee. I assume you you, you didn't ask for a refund. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, they actually, no, I didn't. Well, then, you know, the course on um, in Black Belt Magazine was just about inner power, so you could make chi and break stuff. It had oh, nothing to do with fiber vision. What we saw the VHS was actually a TV news broadcast, Got it. and it was just like a, you know, um, today on Animal Planet, blah blah blah. Here we go. This is. Uh, turtles it was like that like today on Manibus dunia it's martial arts <laughs> so yeah. that's all we saw oh i see got it so they were packaging this this martial arts as like to get your chi up to break stuff and etc but when you got into it you found out there was more benefits than what they were selling absolutely well you know the original this is from the indonesian royal families system of energy work and combat. So for the past 450 years in the central in central Java, Indonesia, this was guarded behind the palace walls. It was only for the Sultan, for his family, the what we do now, and for his palace guards for the combat. <clears throat> but then in 1963, there was a, a coup d'etat and a lot of civil unrest in Indonesia. And so the 11th generation of royal heirs along with their father, the 10th generation heir, they released the breathing techniques and the martial arts to the Indonesian public to help people to be stronger within themselves, to be healthier, but also to be able to defend themselves if they needed to. And so in 1963 is when it was released to the Indonesian public. But then it wasn't until 1998, excuse me, 1998, that they actually started really talking to anybody seriously, like Westerners like myself. Well, it was me. And then in 1999, my brother Mike and I started training, and there just happened to be a former Indonesian Special Forces trainer living in Salt Lake City, about 35 miles away from us, getting his postdoctoral master's degree. Mm. And there were only three 
accredited trainers that could train us in the whole country. One was at the LA Consul General's office. One was at the Indonesian embassy in Washington, D.C. And the third one just happened to be 35 miles away at the University of Utah. So nothing happens by accident. Yeah. And so we were, uh, we were put through a very accelerated training regimen where normally people might, you will have to take at least six months in a level. My brother Mike and I were only given three. So we had to really ramp up our training and do everything that normally it will take six months to do in half the time in order to do this <clears throat> and bring this here. And then uh, in 2000, we brought over the 11th generation heirs to, we brought them to Utah and we actually were tested and inaugurated. Our school was inaugurated by them personally as the first ever foreign branch of this art, even though there were thousands of branches in Indonesia and there still are, we're, we were the first outside so that we could continue our and further our message, but we were not allowed by, to learn vibrovision at that time. It wasn't until we brought a trainer from Indonesia over here to live with us and to learn these techniques, but even then, we didn't really get it. We didn't, um, it didn't really click for us. We're very analytical people. and a lot of intuitive, uh, well, people who are intuitives or empathic people, they will understand that if you think too much, it, it diminishes your ability to sense what's really going on because you're too preoccupied with what your, th your monkey mind is chattering. I happen to have a gorilla mind. <laughs> it's a monkey mind that's huge. And <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, with, with myself and Mike, We've got the techniques, right? At that time, we've got the techniques to do this, but we don't really have the uh, mental. We weren't brought up to believe things like this were possible, even though we've seen it in our in front of our faces. We've experienced it numerous times. There was still something a psychological block, and to this day, there still kind of is. We're we're still working on that skill, although some other people just pick it up and are amazing at it. We're still working on it, and hence that's part of the human journey but when we first learn these techniques and then we go to indonesia and we have to test and they test you on them well the first time we went over to test in 2005 we didn't do very well at them uh in 2007 we did much better but then in order to really bring this here we knew that it wasn't just a matter of okay do these meditations and then just keep trying, just keep trying, which is really the Indonesian way of doing this. So my brother, Mike, went on a six month sabbatical to Indonesia and lived with the royal family members. He lived with them for six straight months and trained every single day in this to get the techniques and to whittle them down, to take away the dogmatic part, to take away anything that was woo woo, because we wanted this to be, we wanted to know the science behind this. And so, after six months, he came back and he had trained with all of the top vibrovision trainers and people who could do it, as well as the royal family members and numerous special forces members who use this on a daily basis because they're professional soldiers. It's what they do. And then he has created a curriculum that creates, uh, that helps those of us in the Western world with the logical mind to be able to do this in a much higher success rate, with a much higher success rate than traditionally happens even in Indonesia with people who were brought up in that culture. And so, yeah, now we're, now we're at this point where, you know, it was so important to us 
DeMarco, it was so important to us that we not be perceived as coming over here and wanting to take money from blind people in order to teach them this, something that wasn't proven. So to that end, when Mike came back, we started a, pro, a pilot project. And we have some people that are truly, will just, uh, I no disrespect or uh, I don't want to infringe upon any copyright. So sorry, Disney, but these people are Jedi masters. They can do anything with their eyes taped shut, with a blindfold on. They can do anything that anybody else can do and more, meaning reading text off of a phone, detecting things through walls, uh, shooting guns. They can run through obstacle courses. They can detect colors, shapes, sizes, vectors of travel. Uh, we have a lot of video of them using lightsabers actually and throwing beanbags at them fast and they're blocking them and telling you what color they are. Um, because once we had the people that could do that, then our mission was to, okay, it's important that we get the validation of people in the optometry community, community people who specialize in vision. We want to get from the medical community, from the science community. And it's very important that we also get validation and we get the endorsement from people who are blind. So what we've done now in the past three years is we have the top naturopathic MD in the state whose daughter is going blind. He's trained with us, fully endorses us. It's mind blowing to him as well. We have numerous optometrists we've demonstrated this for, as well as uh, one from L from Vegas who came up for one of our immersion classes and he's just blown away. Um, and he's loving it. He's come back for two different events. We have one of the top neuroscientists in the entire world. This is uh, a gentleman who was actually Dr. Joe Dispenza's chief neuroscientist for nine years. He came to Utah. He's come here twice to brain map our people. And in 23 years of doing the brain mapping and thousands of brain maps, he's never seen anything like it. He's just like, um, oh my God, I didn't, I've seen it before once. I've seen somebody in the, uh, an event that could do this. We brain map them, but I've never seen anybody like this. And then we also have five blind people from Phoenix, Arizona, that we call the Phoenix Phoenix Crew. Actually, they call themselves the Phoenix Phoenix Crew. And they're from Phoenix, but they see themselves as like the Phoenix rising out of the ashes because all five of them are people who have gone blind um, in their you know adult adult years. So it's it was so important. I hope that everybody who's listening to this can understand this, that we're logical people. We were raised in a scientific community with very scientific minded parents. And it was hard for us to believe this stuff was real until we actually experienced it for ourselves. But even then we knew just because we experienced for ourselves, not everybody else is going to be on board with that. Not everybody is going to you know, be able to see that vision that we have for this unless we have people that can say empirically, yes, this is real. And it's not just anecdotal, oh, I witnessed these people do this, but I just don't know. We wanted to make sure that we've got science behind it. We've got people who in the medical community can look at this and say, yeah, this is, this is legit. And to that end, that's what we've done. And that's where we're at now. And so we're just now working on the Vision Foundation this year. Uh, we were so ready to launch and then COVID. And so now we're in the position where we're holding immersion events where people can fly from all over the country. 
and they can come and train with us to learn the basic techniques to then take home and develop this skill. And we have a lot of post-event support materials and training and the most like an incredible meditation curriculum to guide people every single day to create the change that they're, well, we want to take people from zero to holy crap in as little time as possible. And so that's where we're sitting at right now, bringing this here to this country. Got it. So <clears throat> when you guys started to get into it, why would, why, why would back then the royal family would want to train a foreigner in this that was so inclusive, you know, in, for their country? What, what would benefit them? You know, I think what it was, was they were, the Vibrovision program itself was developed in 1997. So in 1997, one of the 11th generation royal heirs, he wanted to release this for humanity. He didn't want this to just benefit the Indonesian people anymore. He wanted it to benefit all people. And so what he would do is he would go and pick up a bunch of blind people and he would drive around Jakarta. He would pick them up every single day in the morning. He would train them all day. He would feed them. Uh, he would drive them home all on his own, all on his own dime because he just wanted to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then he got some people that could really, really, I mean, amazing work with us. And he garnered so much attention that the Indonesian military, they wanted to get on board. And then, then um, I believe it was 1999, they started training the Kopasus in this, the elite military special forces people. And they still use it to this day. And I mean, it was really a paradigm shift as we moved into a more modern age by one of the 11th generation heirs. He said, it's time to release this. And they had been looking for an American representative for a couple of years before I contacted them, but nobody had taken up that helm. And so when I came along and my brother Mike came along and we sacrificed a lot to be able to get them here. I mean, when we started our business, this is a, a crazy story, but we had $32 in the bank and over $10,000 in debt. I mean, we had jobs, but we were living so close to the bone but we were just so inspired and drawn to do this, to make a difference that we could really impact an entire community. And, you know, there's something about something to be said for people who have goals and dreams, right? So shoot for the stars, right? Because even if you miss the stars, you might hit the top of the mountain. Our goal is to change the paradigm of human consciousness and the way that we understand functional perception on a level that is beyond our five senses. I mean, it's not, nobody ever has ever looked at us and said, oh man, you guys shoot too low. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. We're just like, no, we just, you know, we're here to change the world. That's all. Um, mm -hmm. And the way that people think about what their mind is capable of. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, uh, I, I may have misunderstood. So you mentioned when you when you discovered this, you, you met a guy that lived not not too far from you in Utah that was getting his master's degree. So you trained with him for a bit, but an accelerated mm -hmm. program. But you guys also still went to Indonesia still to to continue the education. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So you know the thing is, is since we have those five disciplines, right? So we've got the forms, we've got the fighting, we've got the energy building, we have healing, and then we have vibrovision people usually specialize in one or maybe two, right? You know, they'll, they'll be trained a little bit, you know, trained, especially the martial arts and the combat, you know, cause it is a martial arts system at its core. Now. So with that being said, 
our trainer did not train in vibrovision. It was not even developed for uh, the masses or released from the royal family at the time when he was training because he'd been here for quite a while and he'd not trained for quite a bit. So when one of the 11th generation heirs, which was a good friend of his, told him, I want you to train these Americans. And he's like, no, I don't want to. It's got to stay in the region. Like, no, I want you to train them. Okay. <laughs> you know, so he didn't know the vibrovision techniques. But also, in order to advance to certain ranks in this system, there's only one place in the world that it's allowed to take place. And it's by the, the master council and, the 11, and by the royal heirs. They're the ones who test people and authorize people to then go to certain ranks. So it's kind of like if you want to be an eight through black belt in Taekwondo, you're probably going to have to go and test in Korea if it's a traditional Taekwondo system. Mm. You're probably going to have to train there and test there. So that's why we went over there, but also to further our education and learn from other people. Mm-hmm. I understand. And how long were you guys there for? All right. So the first time we were there for a month. Got it. Okay. And then, and then. Oh, sorry about that. I had a distraction come through. Um, but the second time we were there for, I was there for six weeks. And then the third time I was there for three and a half weeks. And my brother was there for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you guys did the system there, um, because see, like, like martial arts is such a life, life, lifetime thing, you know, it's, it's so many years <clears throat> to, to, to do something. So uh, were you guys able to master the system in the one month, six weeks, six months? Uh, oh, well, no, that's, that's, oh, yeah, let me go ahead. I'm going to take a little step back. So once we were allowed to, like, like I mentioned in 2000, when the 11th generation heirs came over here, they allowed us to open the first ever outside branch, the schools of training in the martial arts and the energy work, breath work, meditation. Got it. Okay. Um, and so we opened our school in 2001, January 2001. And uh, so we've been teaching the martial arts for children, for adults, for senior citizens, for the breath work and meditation for seniors for almost 20 years now. And it'll be 20 years in January, coming up in January. And so we've done that for a long, long time. But then the vibration came on later as we learned the techniques and the skills to be able to do that. And we're given authorization to do that. So it's kind of, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Things in pieces. Yeah. So when you guys got into it, did, when, when did the idea of, oh man, this would be great. Well, you mentioned it very early then when you, when you were driving, you were at the stoplight, you saw a gentleman with his dog and, and unfortunately he hit the, the light pole. But but it dawned on you like oh snap like this could really this could really benefit a whole population was that the driving force absolutely it? okay absolutely that's always been the driving force yeah. as a matter of fact the teaching the martial arts was a backup plan uh, all we ever really wanted to do is just bring the Indonesian people over here and just be their liaisons to set things up and because. You know, when they first came over, we knew we weren't going to be able to train. They'd never tra- We knew that they had never trained Westerners, and we just wanted to help. And then we were allowed to train. But um, then 9-11 happened. So to backtrack a little bit, once 9-11 happened, and Indonesia being the largest Muslim nation in the world, getting visas for people became very difficult. And so it, uh, you know, nothing happens for no reason. Everything has a lesson behind it, and there's a very good reason why we've had struggles and why we've had 
to work in different areas so hard in order to bring this to where we're at now, but it's time to really pivot and shift back to our original mission from 21 years ago, which, you know, it's always been our, it's always been there. It's always been there, but now it's time. It's not just enough to know it's time to know how mm -hmm. and to really get this out to the masses. Um, so, so the next stage, right. So I, so when you reach out to me and I was looking at your website, so now you guys in your dojo, you guys do the workshops. Are these like, are, well, because like if, if you're in a martial arts school, you charge a monthly membership, people come in, et cetera. Do you have a program like that? Or are these like workshops for people to come in? They're, yeah, that's a, such a great question, DeMarco. It's both. So we have our weekly programs where if people live close to us, you know, if somebody lives in, say, where you live, the commute's going to kill you, <laughs> all right? Doing it twice a week, coming to Utah, that's going to, yeah, that's uh, going to be a lot of flying and a lot of money to get here. So it's really not feasible for people who live in Bismarck to get here to Ogden to train. So we do have weekly training, however, for people who are local or people who move here to do this training, just like somebody would move to someplace uh, a friend of mine moved from utah to fort lauderdale to go to massage therapy school and then move back something like that uh we do have those where it's regular training however since that's not really doable for a lot of people we offer five day immersions so what that is is where people come in and it is 12 hours a day non-stop training okay we do have lunch so it's not non-stop but <laughs> it is wall-to-wall -wall training from in the morning until the evening and then people get to join in our uh, weekly vibrovision classes in the evenings when people come and it's to give people the techniques to give them the understanding of our electrical system and their capability and how these things interact with the environment around them so that it would be like let's say you had all the workout equipment you needed at home, but you didn't know how to use it, right? Let's just put it in the form of like a gym because this is an exercise. So let's say you had your, your exercise equipment at home, but you didn't know how to use it. And I'm talking a full comprehensive, you have Gold's Gym in your basement, but you know how to use most of the stuff. Well, if you went to a personal trainer for a week and then you were learning how to use all the gym equipment, then you could go back home and you would know how to use everything. It doesn't mean you're going to be bench pressing 500 pounds by the time you get home, but it does mean that you're going to know how to put the weights on. You're going to know how to put the clips on. You're going to know how to keep yourself safe with the spotter. And as much as we possibly can from a distance, we have the quote unquote spotter meaning the supplemental material that goes with it, as well as uh, now what we're doing is, uh, this is for our advanced blind students um, training with us virtually. So they pop in for our weekly classes and my brother runs them via Zoom and we can do that once the people know the, all the basic stuff, the basic uh, techniques of the energy building, the meditations, the energy maintenance exercises, then they can do it virtually. So it's, uh, I, I'm, I hate to say this this way, but in some ways COVID has been a very good thing. For us, it has been a very good thing in that it has forced us, and I know a lot of businesses are like this, it has forced us to look at doing things that we would never have done in a way we never would have done them before. And you know, necessity is the mother of invention, as the saying goes. And so, we never allowed virtual training before 
and now we are. And so this has really shifted our paradigm of how we're able to offer our whole system out to the world. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. What about, so you mentioned that you're trying to get the medical uh, authorities on board. Um, I I personally think that there's a lot of pushback when you're trying to do something new to them uh, because you're right because it's it's uh, I guess everything we do here on the western side is uh, uh, everything's very logical and it has to be documented and it has to have a way to measure it um, <clears throat> what do you experience are, is everyone like up and willing and 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 excited for what you're doing or is there some pushback and some, like I'm not quite sure what you're talking about Oh, sure, sure. Well, yeah, like I was saying, we do have people in the medical community who are 100%. This is, wow, this is incredible. You know, anymore, we don't really receive a whole bunch of pushback as far as that's not possible. Because once you have people with MD or NMD behind their name or OD, you know, doctor of optometry or uh, neuroscientists, PhDs who are sitting there going, yeah, we have the proof that this is real. This is what's happening in the brain. We have never seen anything like this. This this crap's real. Well, then that tends to shut up a lot of naysayers because we are a society that loves our proof, right? We want to see that, oh, okay, so people who are professionals and who are well-respected, they are validating this. They are endorsing this. They are saying this is legitimate. Okay, now that, that tends to get rid of a lot of people's disbelief. Although, you know, for a lot of years, we had to fight against uh, haters that you know, that, that's BS, that doesn't work, can't do that, that's not, that's impossible. Well, okay, that's, thank you for your, thank you for your opinion, <laughs> but like I said before, once you experience it, you can't unring the bell, and once that knowing is there, you can't unknow it, and so it's, you know, how would I say this, um, other people's opinions are exactly that, they're their opinions, but people can only perceive and express themselves from where they're at and where they're at perceptually, where they're at developmentally. And we realize that there are other, so it's not really a a huge thing for us as far as not so much people saying no, that not anymore. It was for a long time though, but now we have the people on board that are just like, yep, yep, it's real. And people tend to go, oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so you mentioned that someone, I forgot his name, that you mentioned did a, a brain map. What, what did they uh-huh. see when they did a brain map on um, the individuals participating in it? Yeah, great question. So it's uh, Dr. Jeffrey Fannin, who's uh, the owner of Thought Genius. And he, well, I'm not really quite sure what he saw. Um, I, I know that he was telling us, because, you know, for me, I'm not a neuroscientist. So looking at his equipment, it just looked like squiggly lines. You know, I, I can tell like with an EKG, like a heart monitor, if somebody's dead, there's no movement. And if it goes beep, 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 there's a good chance they're still alive, right? But as far as brain maps, oh boy, that's a totally different animal right there. So uh, him, you know, I'd have to ask him, okay, so Dr. Jeff, what what's going on here? It's like, oh, this is different. I've no, this is not like anything I've ever seen before. And 
you know, we've actually have a, we have a video online on our foundation website at vibrevision.org where he's endorsing us going, this is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. And please support this foundation because this is groundbreaking work. This is next level stuff. And so I don't know exactly what he sees because uh, not it's not my profession. I, so I look at the equipment and I go, wow, that's that's really complicated equipment. But I can't really tell you from my perspective. Yeah, but, but, but what did yeah. he say? Did he, did he say, oh, wow, there's more brain activity if in the meditated state? I don't see any difference. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Great, great, great question. So we're not 100% sure. We're still waiting on the results coming back from him because he's doing comparative studies. So he's comparing other people's brain maps to these people's brain maps and finding out, okay, what is the real difference here? He just knows that there's a huge difference. And so I'm not quite sure. I, I wish I could answer that more for you, but I just, I don't have that gotcha. information on hand yet from him. Gotcha. Okay. So most importantly, so you have blind people and visually impaired people doing it. What What are their responses when after they complete either the course or they spend a day with you, et cetera? All right. So that you're asking some great questions to Marco. I'm loving it. <laughs> loving it. Yeah. So. And, and, just and just give you, you know, I'm asking these questions because I know they're going to, the guests and the listeners are going to ask absolutely. me these questions. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I'm more so happy to answer them. So happy to answer them because there are things that um, I, sometimes I get on a track and I'm like, oh yeah, look over here. It's a squirrel. Go that way. Yeah. And sometimes I miss the, the overall view of what the listeners are going to really be listening for. So some of the people out there, many, hopefully many of the blind people in the community will know Mike Armstrong, the blind tiger, the martial artist, badass, amazing uh, martial arts school owner, adventurer from Arizona. Well, Mike, he really, uh, he approached us several years ago and really hounded us. Like, when can I train? When can I train? I've got to train guys, please let me train. So finally my brother, Mike took some time for he and uh, the, naturopathic MD um, here in Utah and he took them through a three-day course and at the end of that course three days Mike Armstrong was able to with 100% accuracy separate blue from yellow Uh, he was able now well now um, one of Mike's stories is that he dropped a screw in his drive in his in his garage which for everybody who's blind understands, of course, that when you drop a little teeny weeny thing in a big, large open space, dang it, <laughs> how am I gonna find that? And especially when it's something you can step on and like impale yourself with, not good. So Mike just used his vibrovision and he scanned the ground to feel where it was, reached down and picked it up with two fingers, mm-hmm. put it away. And Mike's been blind. He had his eyes removed, I think 22 years ago, 23 mm-hmm. years ago. So because of a medical condition. So uh, his wife, Tiffany, one of my most favorite people in the entire world, Tiffany Armstrong, just incredible. Well, she uses it. What One of the coolest things that I've ever seen and I've ever witnessed with this program, her very first immersion, she came up and she was sitting there after an exercise and she was crying. 
and my brother Mike and I went over to her and we're like, Tiff, are you okay? What's going on? And she's like, I can see my arms. I can see them like they're right here. I can see them in my mind's eyes. And, you know, she lost her sight over 10 years ago for to glaucoma. And then she was able to, with about 70 to 80% accuracy, be able to start identifying different colors. When we'd have a bean bag and hold it up and she'd be like, that one feels orange. Correct. That one feels yellow. Correct. And that was after just a few days. Now, this, like I said, this is like learning how to use an entire gym. The full training as far as on a daily basis, like they have done in Indonesia, like, you know, for vocational rehab here, it's going to be an everyday thing, right? To learn vocational rehab. So a, a person who's gone blind or is blind, right? So we don't have that capability right now, time-wise, to be able to do that on a, a daily basis for people who are blind or low vision. However, that is our main big goal for the blind community is to be able to offer this just like a form of vocational rehab as an additional vibrovision, an additional uh, non-visual skill in addition to the other non-visual skills that there are. But for at this point, you know, it's, it's really about getting the skills to be able to then develop the skills. Dude, you get the techniques to develop the skills at this point. It's like any other workshop that you'd go to. Gotcha. You know, so, except for it's not like any other workshop you'd go to. Right, right. Similar format. Absolutely. So um, so two questions there. So um, like so you mentioned like meditative state, et cetera. Does does the, the participant have to meditate for a certain amount of time to get into that state? to be able to perform the tasks like you're mentioning, be able to detect colors and stuff like that? Okay, so yes, and then no. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, just like anything else, if you're going to, let's say, uh, I'm gonna put this in another physical 3D example using strength, because everybody can understand, everybody has the experience of trying to lift something that's too heavy. Everybody has that experience. So, for instance, if you were going to lift, say, a 200-pound uh, barbell, but your body was only able to lift 100 pounds, you're going to have to work whatever it takes. You're going to have to really get in there. You're going to have to work on a daily basis to strengthen your, your body so that you can then lift that 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. So the same thing goes with the meditations. And that's one thing that's so cool about the new meditation curriculum that we're going to be launching very soon for people who have gone through our immersion course is that they're guided brainwave entrainment tracks that are leading people through exactly what the steps are to create that alignment in their energetic system and in their body to then be able to do this and expand their perception this way and then be able to practice and develop the practical skills that are useful in real life. And so, yes, there is a certain amount of time that needs to be done in order to do this because what we're doing is we're firing and wiring new neural pathways in the brain, but also through the entire body and training it to perceive in a way that we're not used to doing. But it's nothing unnatural. We all have this ability, but it's latent. Or sorry, it's dormant mm -hmm. in almost all of us. However, full disclosure, kids pick this up almost immediately. 
Mm-hmm. Almost immediately. It really pisses most adults off. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> I tried so hard. And little eight-year-old comes over and is just like, that's yellow, that's blue, that's yellow, that's that's green, and no problem at all. Like, uh, wait a minute. That's what I've been here for three weeks, and they walk in and two days they're doing this but uh that's mainly because kids haven't been told no so many times that they've fired and wired those neural pathways saying you can't do this and so yeah it really depends on the individual their age and that's one thing we can't guarantee we can't guarantee that anyone is going to get a certain amount of skill because everybody's mind is different. Everybody's neurology is different. And, you know, there are still a lot of people that go through O&M training that even after 24 months still are not proficient at it, even if they've been doing the vocational rehab. And I, you know, two of my R blind students have worked for many years at blind schools. And they're like, some people just never get it even though they're training every day. So that is one thing that's like anything else is there, that is an unknown. You know, there's always going to be that, that you just, you can't make any claims of 100% success, but you can't do that with anything really. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like, yeah, even if we were just talking about Tony Robbins and he can help you make a million dollars or whatever, and has all the techniques in the world, but it's, it's on a case by case basis on, on the individual. Um, I I could see the, I could see how it would be hard for an adult, you know, because there's, I think it's more stuff to unlearn than to learn <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to get into it. Absolutely. Um, so it's definitely got you. So, um, now are all the participants visually impaired or blind or can anyone do it? That is, a, that is the best question I think you've asked so far, <laughs> as far as least my personal, thing, personal opinion. Um, so yes, this is actually, for the most part, most of our students are visually unimpaired. Mm-hmm. Okay, So people come and they want to develop greater intuition. They want to be able to sense things around them. Uh, being able to sense what's around them wearing a blindfold is not obviously nearly as important for somebody who has 20-20 vision as it is for somebody who has no vision. So for people in the blind community, that is a very valuable skill that helps them be oriented in in their entire life. Whereas for people who are sighted, it's not. It's not, it's kind of sometimes kind of like, well, it's, it's a, it's a nice skill to have, but it's not one that I need. And so they will come to us for the cardiovascular, the pulmonary and the respiratory benefits. They'll come to us for the intuitive enhancement. They will come for us, come to us for the greater connection to themselves, but also all of nature and all the energies around us. And they walk away no matter what. If somebody trains in vibration, they're going to walk away with an understanding of themselves that's greater than they walk in with. And, you know, we've had people that one individual, such a wonderful lady, she is a true searcher. So in the past year and a half, she's been to over 50, that's five zero different spiritual retreats, energy work retreats, meditation retreats, and VibraVision. And she, her testimonial is that VibraVision is next level. It's not like anything she's ever experienced. And so she's not blind. And so for her, you know, being able to see, quote, it's not really sight, but 
to see without our eyes is not nearly as I let me rephrase this being able to quote unquote see what's around her without her eyes is not nearly as important as her ability to see her higher potential and what's within her. And that's mm-hmm. for everybody who comes to us that whether they're blind or not is going to have a such a stronger connection to themselves. Mm, got you. That's awesome. Um, got you. Got you. So what about, so, so you're, uh, earlier I asked, you know, how is the medical community? You said, you know, they're definitely on board. I've definitely experienced a lot of pushback from um, like the schools from the deaf and blind. It seems like they kind of set in their own ways. Um, sure. um, have you experienced like, like if you reach out to them, like, hey, come by to the dojo, to the school, to a training, <laughs> would they would they be open? Yes. Well, yes and no. So we actually did uh, a couple of years ago, as we were starting to really get the medical and optical community to take a look at this, we did have some people from the Utah Schools for Deaf and Blind, people who work there, come and see a demonstration. They were blown away. We have, I mean, we have their testimonials on video, but this is incredible. But the Utah Schools for the Deaf and Blind at this time does not really, uh, we don't fit in the paradigm of what they're doing, so they don't really want to have much to do with us. Um, so that, that, I mean, that is the truth. Uh, the last time our, um, one of our people was getting hold of them, they were hung up on by the, the president. Uh, so yes, there is some pushback there because once people are, uh, sometimes it's difficult to convince people that something is even a good addition to what they're already doing because they're like, hey, if, if, it, didn't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it even if it could be improved. If you could put a turbocharger on your car and go faster, well, yeah, but I, I can still drive without it. Oh, okay, but a turbocharger would help you go faster. Well, yeah, but uh, but it's too much work to allow somebody to come up with a supercharger on my car. Ah, okay. So that's, yes, we have had some pushback that way. And that is what it is. And that's okay. It's not meant to be at this time. And that's all right. Because where we're going right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, it's something that I'm noticing a pattern um, that, um, how can I put it? Like I've experienced pushback as well when a company or something or someone comes up with something a little bit innovative that, like you said, doesn't fall into the paradigm of what these schools and companies are. Uh, well, the, well, I mean, let's be real. A lot of them are state funded. They're state funded, probably nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and um, <clears throat> I like in, in my case, I wanted to I wanted to uh, introduce a vocational program for employment because one of our biggest challenges that we have in our community is employment. So a lot of us are mm-hmm. are, are unemployed, right? Yes. And yes. So. <clears throat> I feel that their programs are outdated and I, and I went to do a presentation and uh, I was, you know, preparing for this presentation and I completely bombed this presentation. because I was pretty much having an argument with one of the persons in there. Um, and, and I feel that, that they're really stuck in their ways of, all right, this is how we help people. This is what we do it. But when you enter my experience, my experience, when you introduce something outside of their their curriculum, uh, they're not quite sure how to, how to introduce it. And I think there's a lot of red tape too. 
and chess. When you, when you go, but something like what Keith does, for instance, because he has a tangible product, we were talking about that too, where when you have a tangible product for the community, the state finance it. Hello? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, the, the state would just finance the product and then just, you know, pay for it and be done with it. Exactly. Uh, so got you, got you. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure your stuff will, will be recognized. And, and like you said, maybe it, it more people get into it. Um, got you, got you. Now, well, what about, um, so I, I assume you're, you're promoting this privately, meaning like through your own business ventures, um, mm -hmm. are, do, does the blind community, how do they react to it when they first hear about the program? Are they super excited? Do they have a lot of questions? Sure. Okay. So it really depends. Uh, uh, some people in the blind community have been very uh, against what we're doing. They like, these guys are charlatans. They're trying to take advantage of blind people and we don't want anything to do with them. Whatever you do, don't go here. And of course, we're going to find that, you know, that's just going to happen some days, sometimes. However, the people who are our blind students are also very prominent in the blind community. And they're like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. This is real. This is legit. I do it. This is going to change everything. So we have two things. Uh, usually the people who have never done it before and have never experienced it are the ones, obviously, who will be the ones speaking out of uh, out of context because they won't, they're just, all they can do is understand, oh, this is weird. This isn't what I'm used to. And it sounds like this can't be possibly possibly be real and then we have the people who in the blind community who have done it and have been training in it who it is making a difference in their life and they're the ones who are the champions for us that go to the people in the blind community and say hey listen this this really has veracity this this uh, sorry validity not veracity validity this is something that's going to make a difference for all of us please give it a shot mm -hmm. and <clears throat> so yeah, it really depends. Uh, and of course, everybody in the blind community has questions, and that's fantastic. And after you learn the techniques, there are still more questions. Uh, but that's the, the neat thing is when people give themselves that opportunity to learn, to expand, to try something new. That's the thing. When you uncover a rock, you just don't know what you're going to find underneath it. But if you just sit there and keep kicking the rock, well, all you're going to do is hurt your toe and realize, oh, okay, well, that's not, that's not helping me find out what's on underneath there. But the people who have under, uncovered that rock, they can tell you what's under there, but you really have to uncover it yourself to really truly understand what's there. What's, what's the deeper, what is the, what is underlying? What does this really mean? Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Last last question about the program, and I'm sorry for all the questions. I'm just really intrigued and curious about it. Yeah, you're great. Uh, so, if someone domestic or internationally wanted to uh, do the course with you, um, what are the what are their options to 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 learn this from you and your brother? Okay, that's that's fantastic. So, right now we're uh, training blind people on a limited scale. Okay, because it's very important that since this is a, a non-visual skill, but it is something that we require people to have gone through vocational rehab, traditional vocational rehab before they come and do this. The reason why is 
Well, to give you an example, one of our blind students worked for a blind school, and when they were going through vocational rehab, their training was eight hours a day, but they were expected to live off-site. They had to get there by themselves. They had to go home by themselves. It was not like, you know, with the Utah Schools for the Deaf and the Blind, a lot of the people live on campus fully. They're fully assisted, and they live in campus housing. We're not set up in a position right now where we can do that. So that is something that we do want is to have people that have already gone through vocational rehab to be able to come to us. That serves a couple different purposes. The first thing is that if they're doing that, if they've done that, then we know that they're students, they're good students that they've learned, that they know how to learn, that they know how to study and they know how to really focus on something and put their mind to it and put the effort into it in order to make that change that they want. That's very important before people come and learn fiber vision. So for people to first of all get involved is an application because we do a full background check uh, on people. We want to make sure that we're training uh, people that will, well, um, if somebody, you know, got a, a ticket for jaywalking, we're not concerned about that. But if they've been indicted for fraud, we kind of want to know about that because what we teach is proprietary and it's We've trademarked the name. This is a totally unique system that is unlike anything else. And so we make sure that we're, as much as we possibly can, that we're going to be able to maintain the exclusivity of this. Mm-hmm. And so that is a, an important part there. So uh, people can apply through our vibravision.com website, and it should be fully accessible for the visually impaired community. And so if you can go to the immersion tab and find out more about that, and um, but then also through our foundation, and that's really our foundation, the FibroVision Foundation has three main purposes. The first one is further scientific testing and study. We want to understand more and more about what's happening in the brain for people that can do this. The second part is to train trainers who can then take this to the community at large, instead of having to always have people come to us, we would like to be able to offer it in different locations. The third part and most important part of the Vibrovision Foundation is to help subsidize the training costs for people who are blind, to help subsidize and pay for their travel, for their lodging, for their food, and for their training. And so that's vibrovision.org. So if any of your listeners out there have uh, people in the nonprofit community or people who are uh, philanthropists that would like to donate to something like this or specifically for this, that's where they would go is vibrovision.org. And so, yes, I hope that answered your question as far as how to get involved and find out yeah. more. Nice. And then, and then obviously if you're local where you live, you, you know, you simply just sign up as a member and then you'll, you'll get those classes anyway. Correct. Correct. Now it really depends. So like I said, if somebody has to have done their vocational rehab, so mm-hmm. there they are, and then to come in, then what we need to do is we need to really evaluate how, how do we do this? Since we're still kind of in the, just launching this, we don't yeah. have a, it's not like we have uh, 50 trainers. <laughs> We've only got a few of us here. They can do this. And so we want to make sure that everybody has the very best experience it goes as far as fast as possible in everything that we're doing because success begets more success. And it's kind of like a wave. You want to get on that high wave and keep riding it until you have those skills um, down to the point where you, 
well, you have those skills. And so it really depends how many blind people apply. And it depends also on their uh, personal situation. Like if they have completed a vocational rehab, how good they are at their O&M and um, things like that. So we individually, we evaluate every single person, whether they're blind or not on a case by case basis. Just, yeah, that's just what we do. We make sure it's uh, it's not just sign up here and everybody can come. No, mm -hmm. we are. It is an exclusive training it is, at this point. It's an exclusive academy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you definitely filter out the people that meet the criteria. So obviously a good experience for, uh, for the members and then um, for their safety. And then obviously for you guys. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so last, last uh, three questions, if you don't mind, and I appreciate your time today, Nate. You bet. Um, so I ask these questions on every, to every guest and it's like fun questions. Um, but let's start off with, uh, do you have a favorite movie? You know, I do. I, it's actually a documentary and it's a documentary called E-Motion, Emotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's Emotion and Emotion 2.0. And what it is, is uh, there are documentaries on the power of the heart, the electricity of, and the energy of our heart and how it helps to create our reality, how it helps to heal our bodies and heals our minds. It's got some of my favorite authors in there and just can't say enough about it. You, you, you watch it or listen to it and you're so uplifted and your heart swells so much. It's just a wonderful feeling. I just, emotion. Okay. documentaries <laughs> i know i know i'm a i'm a, I'm a nerd like that I'm like, yeah okay <laughs> documentaries that's my favorite no no i love documentaries yeah. emotion um got it and and then okay cool i'm gonna look it up so e hyphen motion right or it's just a uh, lowercase e capital motion let's see oh, okay. right here yeah no so it is e hyphen motion good call mm -hmm. i didn't think it was <laughs> yes e hyphen motion nice yeah look it up so it's like it's like a documentary about like um, I'm trying to understand like is it something like like the secret like like is it something like that or is it no. like scientific about the heart? Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, I'll read you the back of the box. It's uh, it's imagine a world where the trapped emotions, fears, anxieties, and unprocessed life experiences we hold in our bodies are the source of everything that ails us. Now imagine a world where everyone is manifesting from their heart the perfect creation that's inside each of us. Imagine a world where abundance, inner peace, longevity, and loving relationships abound. Imagine emotion experts from around the world sharing their wisdom and negative emotion clearing techniques to light a new pathway for humanity. Imagine we are sacred spiritual beings here for a much larger reason serving a much higher purpose, a divine purpose. That's where we're going. And so it's got Dr. Joe Dispenza, Neil Donald Walsh. It's got Dr. Bradley Nelson. It's got some of the, the big uh, guru heavy hitters in the personal development and quantum physics and uh, internal like a thought and quantum healing modality. It's got the, the, some of the biggest names and some of the most respected authorities. And so, yeah. There you go. Nice. That's the back of the box. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I just looked at it. So cool. I, I found it on Amazon, so I'm going to check it out <laughs> and tell my, my girl about it. Nice. Um, what is your favorite book that you like to read or that you like to gift to others? Okay. It's called Seat of the Soul. 
by Gary Zukav. That's Z-U-K-A-V. And yeah, Gary Zukav, he's been on Oprah 36 times. Um, Oprah actually wrote the foreword to his book. This is uh, a wonderful. He, uh, he's actually most famous. Well, he was most famous for the dancing Wu Li masters back decades ago. And then he wrote The Seed of the Soul, which is just everybody out there and just just get it it's fantastic it's so uplifting mind-blowing expansiveness the whole why am i here thing that we mm-hmm. question that we ask this is a, a wonderful place to start looking nice yeah you mentioned the title is seed like a plant seed oh no seat seat like oh, a, seat. you're sitting down seat of the soul got it and then Oprah wrote it. That's awesome. If Oprah wrote the forward to that, then she must really like it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, she reads a lot. Yeah. It's, yeah. According to her, it's changed her life. It changed her life immensely, wow. immediately. She's like, she wouldn't have the success she has now if it wasn't for this, this gentleman. Wow. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'm on my fourth time through right now <laughs> in the past uh, month. Yeah, month. I'm just I'm inhaling that. Like, yeah, very good information. Nice, um, cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, so I'm <coughs> gonna see if I can find it on. Uh, I use a I if when I read because I read so much books, like it gets expensive, and then so if I can oh. find it, if I can find it for free, or I use a service called Scribe. It's only nine dollars a month, but oh, uh, you you can. Ha- if they have magazines on there like Time Magazine, Fortune Business, and then you can read as as much audio books or digital books as you want, um, which is awesome. Scribe. Okay. Um, thank you very much for the hookup. I want to go ahead and look at that. Yeah, it's really good. Because Audible, you know, I love Audible, and that's how I listen to my books. But uh, if I can save save money, hey, I'm, I'm down for it. No, absolutely. Yeah, because I started out in Audible, but I noticed I was consuming – more than the book or the credit that they would give us amen um but uh nice okay and do you have a favorite artist or an album you like to jam out to anything uh anything by well it's actually two anything by the beatles or the rolling stones Mm, yeah good band pretty much anything anything but i'm also you look at any of the classic rock led zeppelin i mean you just yeah, I like all music though. I, I'm a really, I'm a, a definitely an audiophile. I like all music. Um, in the EDM world, Matteon, mm-hmm. and in uh, country, Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. In, uh, let's say, pop. Okay, I don't even know. <laughs> like I like <laughs> all music, but uh, as far as if I'm gonna put on something to uplift my soul uh-huh. or get me into like get me into state where i'm just that's going to be the rolling stones or the beatles one either one mm-hmm. yeah those um, are definitely great great iconic uh, uh bands obviously the beatles yeah the rolling stones um trying to think like like there was a few documentaries that were <laughs> out not related to the rolling stones or the beatles they were more about like one was it came out in 2017. I think it was called Divas. It was about the backup singers uh, of oh, that yeah. era, and and then Mick Jagger was on it saying, "Yeah, these if it wasn't for these backup singers, we would not have 
uh, a lot of these hits that we have out now. Like they were just so amazing, and they don't they didn't get the credit that they they should have gotten. Absolutely, yeah, and, I've seen that documentary as well, and yeah, oh, absolutely true, absolutely perfect. true. And then and then another documentary was uh, it was about the Apollo Theater in New York, and how I think it was Paul McCarthy was saying. Um, Back back in England, somehow they got a hold of some of the some of the live uh, live shows in the Apollo Theater, and they re- and it was an inspiration for their music. Oh yeah, you know, so yeah. it's just cool how yeah, all of it has a root somewhere, and uh, they definitely changed the game when they came over here. In the US. Oh, you bet, you bet, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, uh, it's it's amazing the evolution just of humanity in general, music, technology, art, all of it. It's just, it's a very exciting time to be on this planet. I'm just, yeah. oh, I would not want, I, I'm so glad it's not like the 1400s, you know, I <laughs> <right> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, something about the dark ages, no, or you know, even the middle ages. I love electricity, I, I like tech, tech's awesome. I think we can all agree upon upon that part. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, who knows what's coming next though. So that's that's yeah. a neat thing. Nice. So. Um... If people wanted to, to connect with you, Nate, or or find you online, what, where's the best place to go? And I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes. Oh, wonderful. And I'll, I'll send over all the links. And thank you for the scribed link. I appreciate that. I just saw that that came through on Instagram. So the very best way for people to get a hold of us is through our websites. So our first website is Vibra. So it's like vibration, but without the shun. <laughs> Vibravision.com. And that's our training website. And then vibravision.org, that's our foundation website. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find us at the Vibravision Foundation. And that's on Facebook, the Vibravision Foundation on Facebook. And we actually have a fantastic class that, like I said, COVID has really put us and I'll, I'll say it this way forced us to take our stuff digitally which was forbidden up until well the entire world went into a pandemic state <laughs> so uh it's called the m dash b like boy dash s like sam recharge the m b s so the mind body spirit recharge and there's a 50 minute workout where people can go on there and they can work out with me and we go through a cardio, a stretching, uh, energy development exercises, uh, met a guided meditation. Everybody will, comes out of that. It's a totally unique workout. That's I haven't seen anything else like it online. Mm-hmm. And so people can go on there. It's a free exercise. A lot of people do it every single day with me. And then people can also jump in for classes. They can do MBS recharge classes that either focus on our mind our body, our spirit, or overall balance. And we hold those several times a week. And it's just $20 a class if people want to jump in for a class here and there. And I have my trainers on there. And, uh, you know, with COVID, the reason we did this is because what we do is so breath work centric. A breath work technique that's not like Wim Hof. It's not like holotropic breathing. It's not like anything else in the world. And it strengthens our immune system and our lungs incredibly. We're, we release this so that we can start with do what we can to reach the 
largest population possible to help them be stronger against COVID. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, well, don't hang up yet, but man, I really appreciate you for being on the, on the show today, bro. I appreciate you, DeMarco. I'm so, I'm, I, first of all, let me just say, I love Keith. He's amazing. And I'm so grateful that he hooked the two of us up and let me know about you. Yeah, definitely, bro. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and that, that's why I started this podcast because I felt really isolated. Um, and I couldn't connect with anyone. I didn't really like, you know, I would never have heard of you're in Utah, bro. Like I would have never heard of anything uh, of what you were doing. And so that's why I started this podcast because I felt like really alone and I didn't, I wanted to connect with people because, um, you know, you're in this space and I think you'll notice that a a lot of us, especially adults, you know, like we're not, you know, I'll say it because I'm in it. A lot of us are, don't feel very positive. We feel helpless sometimes. We feel we don't feel independent, which that's what you're providing. And yeah. so that's, you know, we have all these frustrations that we're sad and depressed. So uh, I created the podcast to, to meet with people. And then obviously what you're doing is is providing an, an amazing service to our community. So um, yeah, I think pushback is normal when it's something new. I'm sure, sure. people like Thomas Edison, we were just talking about electricity. Yeah. Like, like, look at that guy over there. Look at that guy with the, with the key and the, and the kite. Like, like, <laughs> exactly. You know, Tom, you're coming to, you're going to come drink a beer or not, bro? You're going to be out there all night in the storm? And yep. uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have some mead over here or some ale. Come on in. Yeah, exactly. Have a beer. Exactly. So it's just the way it is. And, uh, um, and, and I do get frustrated w- with that mindset sometimes, but I just, I have to remember, and you just reminded me, it's, it's part of the process. Not everyone's going to understand your vision. True. True. But once they had, once they experience it, well, like I said, you can't unring the bell. So even with our MBS recharge class, people go on that most people have a, a very uh, expansive and enlightening experience for themselves. And Every single step that we take, no matter how small, toward our highest potential is a step in the right direction. Right. You know? and so if there's one thing, DeMarco, do you mind if I mention just one more thing for the listeners? Yeah, man, go for it, bro. Okay. Okay. So for you were mentioning earlier about the unemployment rate in the blind community. And uh, I know by I heard this from Kirk Adams at the Unblinded, uh, for Kirk Adams from the AFB. Most people, I'm sure, will know who Kirk is. Uh, that the unemployment rate in this country for blind people is 75%. Yeah, it's high. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. Well, I just would like to encourage anybody who is listening out there to go to unblindedsalesmastery.com. The reason I want the why why this is so passion for me is because Sean Callagy, who has created this formula all in high integrity based human influence, he's blind. And he's one of the most successful attorneys in the United States. He is, without a doubt, one of the most high-integrity people that I have could even possibly imagine. And one of his main goals for creating the unblinded movement is to lower the unemployment rate in the blind community as much as possible. And so being able to influence people is a way that we can get ourselves out there more. We can uh, 
help people see us and our abilities and what we have to offer more. And that just makes sense that if someone can see, because we're able to project that and show them and connect with them, we can, they can show, see our skills, much higher likelihood of having job hires. And when you're also able to influence people in a really positive way, it builds your confidence. So unblindedsalesmastery.com, I do not work for them. I am not affiliated with them other than I am a student. And a lot of my blind friends are students. And it has changed my life. And their mission is to help blind people and the unemployment rate and the confidence. So unblindedsalesmastery.com. I'm, I'm revision.com, you know. But um, I highly recommend it for every single person who wants to change their life and change the lives of people around them in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just anyway. The speaker is Sean Callagy. So his first name, S-E-A-N. Mm-hmm. Last name, Callagy, C-A-L-L-A-G-Y. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to look him up and put that up there as well. I Well, I appreciate it. Don't hang up yet. Nate, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure, DeMarco. And thank you for all the listeners for tuning in. I sure appreciate all of you guys. All right. What an awesome episode, right? So makes you want to like get a karate belt on and just, just get it, right? Do the Jedi mind trip, right? <laughs> I can feel that you're happy with me. <laughs> but uh, so I got all the show notes from Nate uh, about this about his website. If you want to learn more, uh, they're, they're taking in clients. You can travel there, like you said. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm really curious to see how this unfolds, how it goes. I, I'm pretty sure that the medical community don't really accept it, uh, unless it's understood, of course, but whatever. And the fact that he's going against the grain and really wants to to do something great i think it's awesome and and, and admirable so if you guys like the show please leave a comment like or share i would really appreciate it thank you very much and if there's any other topics you guys want to hear hit me up let me know i want to know what you want to know feel me all right peace